Welcome to the Money Maven Project Podcast. If you're here to learn how to obtain freedom over your time and money through real estate investing, you're in the right place. Create the life you want by living with intention and becoming a maven in mindset, money, and real estate. Now, here's your host, Justin Monk. This is Justin Monk with the Money Maven Project podcast. We are super excited today. We've got Devin Hubbard here with us. Man, we've tried like three or four times to line this up. So I'm super excited that we're finally getting it done. Um, and we've actually had a lot of engagement uh, on the side, like with the the meetups and things like that. And uh, so we've actually kind of got get to we've got to know each other a little bit on the side. And so now I'm looking forward to really diving into what you're up to. Learning more about what you're getting, what you're going after. So, uh, Devin is married with five kids. You enjoy he enjoys sports, traveling, outdoors. You started in that investing seven years ago, part time, doing flips, wholesaling, rentals, and uh, now you're doing that full time. You've been doing that full time for three years. Started in residential, single family, and now kind of transitioning into multifamily development. Um, and you've also been an agent for most of that time. Is that right? Yep. I, uh, once I went full-time three years ago, I decided it was a wise idea to get my license yeah. as well. So Yeah. Well, perfect. So let's start at the beginning of all that. Talk to us about, you know, um, what got you interested in real estate investing, investing, how you got started. And then the it sounds like you were kind of doing it on the side initially and what may, how you transitioned into it full-time. Just kind of give us the rundown of how that all came about. Yeah. So I was working my nine to five for about 12 years. Um, I, we had just had my third kid and I ran into, I think it was like a rich dad, poor dad seminar. And um, I actually ended up meeting a, a guy that sat next to me in that seminar that said, are you interested in real estate? And I was like, well, yeah, I'm here. Right. Like, <laughs> um, kind of a funny question, but yeah. anyway, he, he ended up introducing me to a local company that did all sorts of different real estate investing, um, and education, networking community. And so my wife and I just kind of started plugging into that and, uh, yeah, I was. I still worked my full time job for about three years, yeah. but um, we transitioned and picked up a rental. Did our first fix and flip. Did our first wholesale, and that really opened our eyes to holy smokes! Like this real estate money is real, and it's a lot better, a lot more exciting than collecting that paycheck every two weeks. That I knew for sure, you know. You know, maybe if I could work a crazy amount of hours and overtime, I might be able to make this, you know, extra couple hundred bucks. But, you know, our first fix and flip, we netted $26,000. Our first wholesale deal, we partnered with some friends and made like six or $7,000. And it was, you know, very, very little time. And I was like, holy smoke, like it just opened our eyes and changed our total mindset on, you know, what was possible and, and what we could do outside of, or nine to five. So that's kind of how we got started. I love that. And so what were you doing as your, your main gig, your full-time employment? 
Yeah, so the church that I'm a part of has a welfare program. And so uh, I worked there for about 12 years, um, as, you know, doing production type stuff with yeah. missionaries and volunteers and packaging food and sending it, you know, whether it was here in the United States or overseas to the poor and needy, you know, it was, it was a good, it was a good job and it had yeah. good benefits and things. And it was, you know, it was serving an amazing purpose, but for me, I wasn't fully fulfilled and like felt like I was thriving and loving what I was, what I was doing. Yeah. And so, um, just had bigger dreams and aspirations. And so, you know, it definitely served its purpose. Yeah. And, you, and I, I've kind of learned along the way too, there's things that drive us. Um, you know, it's either the positive or the negative, the negative is so bad that it pushes us away and forces us to get into better situations and better ourselves. Or there's things that are so good that, you know, those are what attract us. And so I guess, you know, hopefully that makes sense, but there's, yeah. you know, there's the good and the bad that, that either, you know, drive us to, to, uh, to become better and do better. And yeah. it was definitely a combination of, of probably the two, that helped me because there's, there's days where I was like, man, I don't, I don't know if I can do this anymore. So I think there's definitely some driving force behind, you know, that type of thing that yeah. uh, pushed forward. So, well, that's super cool. I actually, um, <clears throat> in my head, I'm thinking, Hey, well, this is actually cool. Cause you're going to go kill it in real estate and then turn around and probably be funding some of those projects through that welfare program with your, your giving and your, and your generosity that way. So it's kind of, I, I think it's going to come full circle for you. Just predicting, just saying, but, yeah. and ultimately I think that that's ultimately the goal, right? I mean, you're going to be able to give way more as a wealthy uh, real estate investor than you could ever do in that job ultimately, which is kind of cool. So uh, that would be a cool other whole conversation, but um. So, so you do this for a while. You're like, okay, we've done some, we've done a few deals and Hey, let's jump into it full time. What, how did you make that transition without freaking out and kind of what went into that? Yeah. It, it's funny. So many people get hung up on, I, you know, the, the retirement stuff or the health insurance type stuff. And just through, you know, networking and meeting people and learning like, the the insurance that my my wife and I have now on our family through the the government is way way better than some of the stuff I've had in the past and it's way more affordable so I think it's just like just gaining the right knowledge because so many people are scared to walk away from their job because of benefits or you know this or that or whatever that security blanket is and so for us it was, you know, that third year when we were doing real estate part-time, we made twice as much in real estate part-time as I was making at my full-time job. And so, you know, I was making about 60K a year working full-time. And that year in real estate, we made about 120 part-time. And it's like, man, like it was actually my wife at that point that's like, when are you going to put in your two weeks? <laughs> you know, like it was, it was full it was cool to have her, her support. And, and because sometimes it's hard to have both, you know, on the same page, if you're, 
if you're married or whatever. And so we were both on the same page. And ultimately that was, you know, that was definitely the goal is to be able to do it full time. But getting to that point um, was definitely like, you know, that was, that was the point where we were like, okay, we have that confidence and, and uh, comfort level of being able to walk away from our job and knowing that we've got other stuff going on too in the pipeline that we can, that we can definitely do this full time. Yeah, that's awesome. And so in that third year, when you make the 120, is that, is that from just from wholesaling a bunch of deals, flipping a few, like what was the mixture of deals that was getting you to that 120? Yeah. So that was before I became an agent. So that was a mix of wholesale deals. Um, that was a mix of flips. And then we also had a rental that we had sold that year as well. Okay. Yeah. So with some upside on it. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think for most people the hang up, it's just like, like I'm on my full-time gig. I'm, I'm on salary. So man, I could be like sick for two weeks and still get a paycheck at the end of it. Like it's, you know, it's, 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 it's that comfort of knowing that that check's coming every two weeks or whatever it is. And, um, so I think a lot of people like, okay, well, if I go out into this full time, like if I don't find a deal fast enough or whatever, like what would you say to somebody that's on the edge there? Like they're ready, they've got a, they've done a few deals, they've got it down. Now they just need to scale and and give it all they have. Like what would be in your encouragement or your advice there? Yeah, I would say you know whatever you could do. I guess definitely. Oops. I've definitely learned the the power of leverage. You know, we only have so much time. You know, you can either spend your time or you can spend your money. And so if you've got the time to market, if you've got the time to cold call, if you you know whatever that is that you're you're doing, you can spend you can only spend so much time or if you've got the the funds to do it, you can leverage your funds and you know pay a virtual assistant or partner with somebody or whatever that might be so i would say just definitely implement as much leverage as you can to scale up cuz that's one thing that i've done myself whether it's bit like other business ventures or real estate um you know as a as a real estate agent the best thing i've done is hired a transaction coordinator that does all of my paperwork for me. That's the thing that I hate doing the very most in real estate is all the paperwork. And the beautiful thing is, it's no like the only overhead of having a TC is when I close a deal, I pay her 350 bucks out of my commission. Other than that, like there's no hourly rate. If the deal doesn't go through, I don't pay her. Like it's the most amazing setup ever. And so that, you know, just being able to find ways to leverage your time and focus on what you enjoy doing and want to do that makes the money and, you know, gets the deals done, focus on that. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. And I think some people may say, well, I'm not like, I'm not quite there yet or making enough or whatever to be hiring team members. And, um, a good friend, Evan Holiday, he was a guest on the podcast a few episodes ago. He, you know him, That's right? Yeah, how yeah. Met. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's right. That's how we. Yeah, he yeah. introduced us. Duh. So first, yeah. so, that's a full <laughs> circle again, right there. 
But he said, he's like, you know, you need to be hiring for where you want to go, not necessarily for where you're at. It's a preemptive move. Like, it's like, okay, well, I want to be able to put my time here and here, but not here. The only way to get there is to hire. Like, okay, that's where I want to get to. So hire for where you want to go, not for necessarily where you're at. I mean, that's really sound advice. Really awesome. So so you jump into this full-time and you become an agent and you dive in. Now what's uh, now what's the focus? Like where are you headed now? So the funny thing is I ironically didn't get my agent, my you know, my real estate license to become just an agent, but it's naturally just picked up over the years and the way the market is and people knew that I was in real estate. So that was kind of part of the reason I did get my licenses. People were like, hey, can you help me buy, sell, et cetera? And I was like, man, how many opportunities or money am I leaving on the table here because I don't have a license? You know, I can uh, buy and sell my own clips, et cetera. So it just seemed like a good idea and it made sense for me. And But naturally, over the last three years... I've been doing more deals as an agent than I have been on the investing side. And so uh, whether that's good or bad, it is what it is, but I definitely, um, you know, want to scale that more. And so again, I'm building a team around me to leverage more agents that way, you know, I've got showing agents or I can, you know, I've got somebody else that can um, go do an open house or whatever it might be. That way I'm leveraging more of my time to focus more on the development deals and the, you know, the investment deals that I want to be doing and enjoy as well. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, what's been very interesting to me is as I've, so I've, I've only really been in real estate for like 18 months, maybe a couple of years. I don't know exactly, but not a long time. But what I'm learning is the, the networking and the, like the connections that you make the people that know you and the people that you know is like super important. That's really where mm-hmm. some of the opportunity comes and the, the help with, with funding or funding deals or finding deals or, or education. Like it's all coming to the people that I know and that I meet. And so we, we have our local, you know, Utah chapter of, and uh, meet up here and it's been super cool. like just meeting people that are like so much good has come from that. And so I'm imagining that, being a real estate agent, like you are in that network, you're in that world and people, and I'm sure connections and opportunity just comes to you from all directions. Does that, that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, becoming an agent has opened up so many doors, you know, like you said, the cool thing is too, there's so many agents are agents and they don't know any different. They focus on the commission part of things, buying and selling. And so the investing, whether it's fix and flips, wholesales, development, like that's all brand new to them. So when I meet a lot of agents, some of my deals come from agents that know, you know, I, hey, I can, I can bring this deal to Devin and we can close it or we can partner or, yeah. you know, I can, I can represent both sides, whatever the case may be it's definitely helped. And so is, you know, as far as developing goes, you know, I've been able to meet so many different contractors and and builders and things. So it's definitely uh, opened a lot of doors and and created a a lot more 
relationships and opportunities for me. So um, I'm very glad I've, I've done it. And mm-hmm. I, I realize not for everybody and that's totally okay. But for me, I'm, I'm glad I've done it. Yeah. So if somebody's just getting into real estate investing, they want to, they want to jump in and learn like how, what would your advice be as far as building their network and getting known and knowing people? Yeah. So yeah, I, I get this question quite a bit and you know, some of them are even my new agents that are on my team. They're saying, where do I start? And you know, I'm, I'm not really one to do paid advertisement type stuff really. And so I tell them network as much as you can, you know, you know, those meetups, those RIA groups, um, and social media, like that's you're literally, that's a free advertisement anytime you want to hundreds, if not thousands of people. And so leverage that. And so, you know, I definitely take advantage of as many networking opportunities as I can to meet people. I take advantage of social media and use that platform as much as I can, you know, to bring value, to tell people who I am, whether it's business or personal, whatever, um, you know, as people get to know you, that's when they start to like you and trust you and will do business with you. And so it's, you know, it's a process. And so you have to be consistent in doing that, but, uh, and then just referrals. And so those have really been my three, um, networking, social media and referrals have really been like my go-to and just help me build my business. And again, it, you know, it starts as a snow, a small snowball, but you know, it, it definitely builds up quick with time yeah. if you're yeah. consistent doing it. What's your, what's your approach or what's your method on social media? Are you just documenting everything like the day to day, like the deals that you're close, you're closing the houses that are coming up for sale? Like, is that what you're, is that what you're showing just, or what's the content that you try and focus on? Yeah, I'll definitely mix it up. So if it's a fix and flip that we're picking up and it's something like even just entertaining where it's like like people wrote something crazy on the walls or something and you snap a picture of it. And I, you know, I shared something recently, like check out this solid advice on from a fix and flip that we picked up. And it was, I can't remember, you've got three choices and or I don't know, I can't even remember all the details from it, but I just, so I just share stuff as I'm going about my day to day. Um, and so, you know, if it's a new property that I've listed, I'll clearly share, share that. If it's a property that we get under contract with the buyer, I'll share that. So anything that's, you know, market updates, statistics, you know, bringing value and educating people and just kind of sharing what you're doing. So I, I don't know, I guess it's a, a mix of a little bit of everything, but trying to keep it honed in too. So I definitely am not the guy that, you know, I never want to come across as arrogant or anything either. So I try and always keep it just like fun and inform informative and yeah, easy that way. So no, man, we have such a great tool. I mean, social media is like kind of demonized a little bit for what it is, but like how else would you... <laughs> Like if it was like the 1800s, like how would you network <laughs> if you needed to get into real estate investing? Like how would you network? Like you would send a letter on the Pony Express. Like can you imagine how much harder it would be? Now, like I can network. Yeah, I can network with people in Ohio, California, Florida, 
right? I'm chatting with Evan Holiday. I'm meeting you. You live a couple hours away from me. Like it's so much, it's so easy to network and to get, just to get the word out about what you're doing. And so yeah, we can hire virtual assistants for $4 an hour from the Philippines or, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like we literally yeah. have anything and everything available at our fingertips if it's we wild. want to. Yeah. So. No, that's good. That's good advice. Appreciate that. So now as you're starting to go into, well, first off, I'll first ask like what, if if you're listening to this right now, we're recording this in 20, early 2021 and the market is absolute chaos right now, like nationwide, whether it's Utah or Ohio, like it is crazy. So give us maybe your insight as far as the residential single family stuff. What's the market like right now? And where are the opportunities? So three questions, right? What's it like? Where are the opportunities? And what do you think the op- where will the opportunities be in the near future? Cool. So I'll see if I can I do suffer from like what I call squirrel syndrome. So I'll see if I can keep those three questions top of mind as we go through this. But uh right now it seems like the market is crazy everywhere. We talk about all the people leaving California, but even California is having low inventory and bidding wars. And so it doesn't make sense. Like there, there's so little inventory everywhere that it just, you know, it's supply and demand. And so until somehow that evens out, I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. Um, you know, I've got friends in Atlanta, Georgia area that are having to pay 40, 50 grand over to really be um, over asking price to be competitive. But even, you know, I talked to an agent from California today and they said they listed a thousand square foot house, three bed, one bath for 750 and it's under contract for 850. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's everywhere. It's not just here in Utah, which is, is insane too. But, um, so I, you know, I don't, I don't see it slowing down unless something crazy happens because it's usually they say, like, if I were to look on the MLS today, there's about 2,200 properties available. Um, and there's about 18,000 agents in Utah. So it's, (laughs) it's crazy. Like, there obviously there's a reason why most agents are very part-time and just kind of do it as a side hustle. Yeah. And most of them probably do about two deals a year, which makes yeah. sense. But until that changes, I don't see it slowing down anytime soon, you know, especially with interest rates low. I, I do feel at some point we've got a plateau because the crazy appreciation, like the 15 to 20% that we've seen just over in the last year in Utah, that's not sustainable. Like that's, that's crazy. So we, I hope that we see some kind of plateau here soon, but again, with, with interest rates and with so many people coming from out of state, I don't see it changing in the near future. Um, Opportunity. I say the opportunity right now is, is the off-market stuff. Um, Again, you know, being an agent and on the investing side, that's what we're all about. You know, there's opportunity on the MLS, but it's pretty far, you know, pretty slim and and, uh, 
And so that's, that's not my focus really, as far as opportunities go for off market um, or for deals. But yeah. Um, so if you've got wholesalers, if you are willing to knock doors or driving for dollars or whatever that may be, there's still plenty of opportunity that way. Um, and I think just educating yourself as well, because at some point too, when people are going to have to start paying rent and have to start making mortgage payments that I think that'll definitely change things. And so if you can educate yourself on creative financing, I think, you know, any market that you're in, as long as you know how to structure deals and do deals, you know, there's going to be plenty of opportunity in any market. Yeah. Um, and remind me, what was the other question? Yeah. So that's, to, so you talked about kind of the, this, the market as it is, where's the opportunity now and where's the, this is the crystal ball question, right? Where's the opportunity in the future? You know, but you stated like, we don't really know where it's going to go. There's something will have to change. In fact, I've just got a notification on my phone. The treasury secretary, Janet Yellen says interest rates may have to rise. So there's that, right? <laughs> we'll see what happens, yeah. but we don't know, but where, where would you direct somebody kind of in the future or what to keep an eye on going into the future of where those opportunities may be? You know, if you, I guess it just depends on what somebody's goals are, whether that's, you know, if you're, I know you're the type, you're doing your verse. And, yeah. and so, um, you know, I very few times in history has rent really gone down. You know, so if that's if the cash flow game is yours and build an appreciation long term, that's that's a where I like the money in my hand sooner rather than later with you know fixing fix and flips or or rent or uh, wholesales. But I get a friend over the, if you could do the last five years over again in real estate, what would you do differently? And my, one of my responses was picking up more rentals, oh. you know, um, and, and not doing more deals. You know, clearly, like you said, we don't have that crystal ball, but I could have done so many more fix and flips. I could have collected so many more rentals along the way. And if I were to sell them now or whatever, I'd be, I'd have way more money <laughs> than, than I do. But, uh, yeah. you know, it, I'm... I'm, I'm pretty dang, the funny thing is I'm pretty dang conservative and some people, you know, depending on their situation, they do, I guess I never, I'm the type, I never tell somebody to do a deal just to do a deal. The numbers have to make sense. You've got to be confident and comfortable and, and doing things. And so thankfully, knock on wood, like I've never lost money on a deal. But it's because I'm, you know, uber conservative. But at the same time, how many opportunities have I maybe missed out on because I was too conservative? So sometimes, like, I, I have that inner battle on, like, how aggressive do I get? How far do I push that line a little bit? And, and so, I don't know. There's, some, there's definitely some give and take. But, yeah, there's, there's opportunity everywhere. Yeah. 
no, that's, that's, a, that's great. I, I agree. There's opportunity everywhere. It, it does, it does depend on what your ultimate goal is. That's going to kind of direct you to where, what opportunities to take advantage of. And, uh, and so that's ultimately kind of the question that you have to be asking yourself for sure. Um, so now, so going forward, or now you're kind of trying to transition to some multifamily development. Tell us more about that journey, kind of that step. Where are you focused? What are you trying to accomplish there? Yeah. So as I've learned with time is, you know, as an agent, you can make 3% commission or as a fit, you know, you do a fix and flip or a wholesale, maybe you can make five or 10%, you know, spreads, but you look at development and construction and different things. And you're like, man, these guys are making 15, 20% on some of these on some of these deals. And so I just opened my eyes to what opportunities were there. And sometimes, you know, whether it's a single family home or a 20 plex, it might take the same amount of time to, to go through the underwriting or whatever it might be. Um, you know, it's, it's the same process. It's just, it might be different numbers, but it's the same process. And so you can, you can do that same process for a single family home. And I wanted, you know, I wanted those opportunities for, for the cash flow. And so I'm looking at, okay, do I want to pick up one single family home at a time? Or do I want to focus on maybe, you know, one apartment building at a time or, you know, bigger opportunities where, you know, it's again, the same process, but just, you know, a couple extra zeros on, on the deal. So that's where I focused more of of my time and, you know, building, building that long-term wealth and cash flow and being able to re retire sooner rather than later. So that's where a lot of my, my time and effort and focus has gone towards. Yeah. That's perfect. And I think, uh, and that's exactly what intrigues me about the multifamily stuff and syndicating deals there is it's just the upside is pretty big. It's, it's, there's, you know, there's still some time commitment and it's, it's, there's no easy deals yet, or at least in today's market, but the upside can be pretty awesome. Um, yeah. Especially four or five years down the road when you reposition or you, you know, re, you refinance it or sell it or whatever, like it can be pretty awesome. Um, so I think everybody should be at least learning about what those opportunities are like. Um, sure. What, um, the other thing I, sorry, I was going to say the other thing that I enjoy about it too, is on most single family deals, it's hard to have enough, like, so to speak, meat on the bone for, you know, more than one or two people on a deal, but on these bigger deals, it's fun because you can have, you can create your own team. You can, you, you can have, you know, five or 10 people or would, you know, maybe not that many, but you can have a handful of people on these bigger projects and there's still plenty of meat on the bone or, you know, so to speak for everybody to, to share in that. And, and I enjoy that part, you know, I, I really love people and that's probably one of the things I enjoy most about real estate or the people involved mm-hmm. in it. And so being able to do bigger deals with more people is just enjoyable and, and more fun for me. Yeah. So, 
That's the, you're very right. That's, that's super cool. Um, so tell us like, okay, so if somebody's just trying to get in, they're just getting into real estate, you know, maybe they're setting some goals. What are, what are some, what are two or three tips that you would give them, um, as they're getting started in, in the real estate world? Definitely plug into, you know, the meetup groups, the podcasts, Find somebody that you can connect with, whether, you know, like you said, we have social media at our fingertips. Not everybody's going to give away their time and, and knowledge for free. But if you can connect with people, whether it is through social media or on a local level, and you can say, hey, how can I help you? And it's helping you accomplish your goals by doing that. You know, let's bring a deal and do a deal together type thing or whatever. Like find people that are like you, like Evan talked about, hire for where you want to be. Do that same thing when you're networking and connecting and meeting people, you know, like network with people that are already doing what you want to do. Yeah. And so look, surround yourself with the people that are doing the, the types of deals that you want to do and they're already out, you know, where you want to be. Yeah, that's perfect. That's a good, that's a good play on that, that type of advice. I love that. So network, it's so it's so easy to do it in today's age. Meet the people that you want to be like or the that are doing the things that you want to do. And there's a lot of free education out there. There's also a lot of paid for, you know, guru stuff, which is fine. But I mean, yeah. you, there's a lot of meetups that will get you introduced to a new topic. Um, it, not super in depth, but at least get you introduced to where you can start doing some research and start understanding what, if that fits your model and that fits your goals, those kinds of things. Um, where, so all investors, new investors, especially when they get started in it, there's always like obstacles. There's always difficulty. What would you say to somebody that's, you know, trying to start to ask if they're starting to ask themselves if they're ever going to make it and if it's ever going to be worth it. Yeah, we can, we, all of us can find a million excuses not to do something, but in reality, all we need is one good excuse to do something. You know, there, there's never going to be a perfect time or a perfect situation. You've got to create, you know, you've got to create the time, you've got to create the situation and And as you're prepared, you will recognize and you can take advantage of those opportunities. So I feel like it's just a matter of that consistency and commitment. And, you know, there's, you know, there's never that perfect time or perfect opportunity. You've got to, you've got to create it. You've got to prepare for it. Yeah, I agree. And there's also what I learned early on in my career, if you can call it that a couple of years now, um, was that there's also, there's no perfect time. There's also no like perfect scenario or perfect deal. Like there's always going to be some unknown. There's always going to be some assumptions, some like, well, we're going to think we're going to, we're going to put this number here, but it could be this percentage, you know, certain percentage off. Like there's always a little bit of unknown and imperfections with any deal. At least that's been my I'm, maybe I'm not good enough to find the perfect deals, but there's just, there always is some unknown. There's always reasons, like you said, there's always reasons to not do a deal, right? But if it may, if it, if the numbers work and you can make sense out of it and you can hedge it and there's an exit, like 
then it's then it's doable. And so I talked myself out of a lot of deals early on because I was looking for like, hey, well, you know, the the book I read said it had to like do check these boxes and have this number. And if it didn't, I was like walking away from it. But, but as I learned, I'm like, okay, well, this is why these numbers make sense is a good guideline, but here's where I can stray from them and still make sense out of the deal. And so you start to learn that, yeah, like you said, there's no perfect time. There's no perfect deal. You're going to have to just hedge your bet and and jump into it is, is kind of what I learned early on. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And, the, and again, you know, with experience, because everyone's going to go through that learning curve, but as you stay committed and dedicated to that process, you're, you know, you've learned. And so now you know how to, how to address those concerns or hedge that risk a little bit to still do a deal and still make it work versus, you know, before you just pass on it. And, and now you might be kicking yourself, but you've learned. So, you know, there's that learning curve for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. As you've met and you've, as you, as you have networked, um, you've probably networked with a lot of successful people in real estate investing. What's the most common like characteristic that you see in those people that are, that are just really crushing it in, in real estate or in, in whatever it is that they're doing? I would say they just haven't quit. They just, you know, the only time you fail is when you decide to give up. And so as long as you, you're, you know, you don't quit, you keep moving forward, you go through that learning curve. You know, the more deals you do, you know, the more experience and knowledge that you have, the better you can position yourself to take advantage of those opportunities that come. Because deals that I'm doing now, you know, I, I never would have even thought about those types of deals or, you know, those opportunities probably came by all the time the first three, four years I was in it, but I didn't know how to take advantage or capitalize on those deals. And so yeah. now because of those relationships and because of the, that knowledge and things, you know, my, my income and other things have definitely flourished because of that. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Like, and just the other day, just the other day, I, we got an appraisal back on one of the Burr properties that we're trying to do our cash out refinance on. And it was like, it was like low, like so low. <laughs> and, uh, um, and so I'm like, well, crap, like, am I doing this wrong? Like, you know what, maybe let's just sell all these properties. We'll take our 125,000 in equity or whatever it is. And let's go buy a, a, some toys and just go to the, go on a vacation, like whatever. Like I, 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 I there was like this fleeting thought of like, yeah, screw this. Like, this is hard. Maybe I won't be, maybe I won't be able to figure this out. Let's just, let's just quit. And like, we'll go do something else, you know, cause it's yeah, a lot of effort well, and it's emotional. And, um, but I'm like, no, like it's, it's cool. Like we'll, we'll fight this. We'll get, I got the comps. The agent was like the the guy, my my agent out in Ohio is like, yeah, that's crazy low. He sent me comps. There's all kinds of data in the world saying that this thing is way off. And so we're going to, we're obviously going to get, try and get another appraisal fight that. I've never had to fight one like this before. So if you have any tips, let me know, but, um, yeah, we're going to keep pushing through and, and it'll, I'm sure it'll pay off down the road and, and we'll get what we need to get out of it. And uh, we'll just, we're not going to quit. We're going to keep going. So there's, and that, and the funny thing is, is I had kind of gotten to a point where I was like, okay, like I got a system, I got a thing. I know what I'm doing now. 
I shouldn't have any obstacles. But it was a rude reminder that I was like, oh, no, actually, there will always be resistance. Mm-hmm. Like, there will always be challenges. If you're pushing the limits of yourself and your mind and your ability, you will always experience resistance and resistance and obstacles and challenges. If you're not, then you are, then it's a good sign that you're not growing and you're not going anywhere. And right. so um, it was, <laughs> it was, uh, it's a true reminder, but it was a brutal reminder that, Hey, there's still going to be some resistance, even though we've got good momentum going. So I agree with that. Just not just being consistent, just pushing through the bad days, you know, embracing the suck of all this sometimes and just not quitting. That's great advice. Yeah. yeah. The emotions of the entrepreneur roller coaster are very real. <laughs> it's yeah. I did not expect it, but it is up and down and up and down. So awesome. What uh, a few more questions here and then we'll wrap up. I appreciate your time as it's been awesome. What's one of your favorite books or one that's had a, the biggest impact in your life? Yeah, there's a lot of them, but the one that probably started the transition for me was, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which most people, if you have not read it for any reason, I would start there today. Um, But just the whole mindset, um, it's night and day difference. And it's, you know, unfortunately, our school system, whether it's elementary or even universities and colleges now don't teach that. And so um, I knew as a kid, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to be a business owner. I had no idea what that looked like because I'd never been taught that. But deep down, that's what I always wanted was the freedom and the opportunity of entrepreneurship. I just didn't know how to go about doing that. And luckily, real estate kind of helped open my eyes and so Rich Dad, Poor Dad was definitely the one that's like, oh, hey, this is how it's done. Yeah. And so that definitely helped put me on the right track. Yeah. Awesome. I agree. That book will, that book will mess your life up. Like if you're going along <laughs> at your, at your day job and you think you got your, you know, your, your, you got your 401k and your retirement plan, it'll, it'll mess your life up <laughs> in a good way. And those yes. are the best books. Like, you know, the ones that mess your life up, that's, those are the books that you should be reading. Yes. Um, so you gotta break awesome. Yeah. Break the mold. Yeah, exactly. Um, so talk to us a little bit um, about your, how your, cause you mentioned like the financial freedom and be having freedom of time. Like, are you, do you feel like you've, you've obtained that, that right balance where you're getting after your goals, you're progressing, you're being successful, but you still have a good, life balance um or is that still something you're shooting for like because i i the reason i ask that question is because sometimes people get so caught up in the the fire right the the financial independence the financial freedom and that's like they just all costs are trying to get to this magical place where they have passive income and they don't have to work anymore and they sit on the beach and i don't know that that's really the ultimate i don't think that should be the goal i think there should be a certain and because oftentimes that's like down the road or that's like in a distant future. And I, I think a lot of people could live very close to the life that they kind of want if they just restructured. Like you said, you can only spend your time or your money. They find the right balance there and they could have the life that they kind of want a lot sooner. That was a long question, but you know what I mean? Like where are you kind of at in that journey and that mindset? Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, if I were a single guy, I truly love and enjoy real estate and what I do so much. I could probably hustle real estate all day. Yeah. And, you know, from sun up, sun down. Yeah. But I'm married five kids and so I've got to hone that in mm-hmm. quite a bit. And so luckily, you know, even today before we jumped on here, I was able to go pick up my kids from school and work from home most of the day. And so, you know, there's no perfect there's no perfect mix. You know, it, it's so different for everybody yeah. constantly. And you know, there's different stages of life. I've got I've got five kids between 10 years old and 10 months old. And so I've got, you know, three older kids that are fairly independent and in school. And then I've got two kids, two and under that, you know, diapers and feeding and, you know, constantly demanding. But Mm -hmm. um, I guess you just, I guess you just work that out with my, luckily my wife tells me often when she needs my help (laughs) and when I, you know, Hey, let's take a break or I need this or type things. So, she will, she's good at communicating to me when, when there needs to be more balance or when she needs me to be around or, and so, um, you know, I, I, yeah, I could do it all day long, but I think having some structure and just being flexible and just that open communication, whether it's with your spouse or whatever, like just having that is, I think constant and ongoing. And so, you know, and as stages change with my kids and things, you know, that might change a little bit too. And so, um, it's just an ongoing, not a battle that sounds bad, but just an ongoing process in life, I think. And so, um, I definitely haven't found that perfect fit of, of, you know, the financial freedom and working and things that, um, my a big focus on my uh, for this year financially is to create more passive income. That way, I feel like I do, I can have more freedom. On you know, the goal is to to create enough where more than my monthly expenses are covered coming in every month. That way, in the back of my mind, I know that I'm good, and I don't have to feel guilty sometimes for working or doing certain things where I feel like maybe I should be with family or should be doing yeah. other things. And so, you know, a focus this year has been to push a lot more on creating that monthly passive income to ease that burden a little bit. Yeah. So, sorry, that was a long answer, yeah. but that's, <laughs> that's perfect. It's a non- an ongoing deal for sure. Yeah, and it'll it'll be fairly dynamic. I mean, it's always going to be a changing and adjusting as as life changes. So I, I I always love to ask that question and just like understand kind of where people are and how they how they view that that balance and that you know and how to play that game a little bit. So um, that's awesome, Devin. Um, appreciate appreciate the time. Any any final. Uh, Words of advice, any tips you want you can leave with our listeners as we wrap it up here? Uh, you know, don't be afraid to enter the unknown, you know, like everything for the first time, it's always, it's always scary. The first, um, 
you know, the first time you drive a car, you're like, holy crap. But now we drive cars like it's second nature. You know, you don't even think about it. You just jump in a car and you drive. And so the only reason that fear is there is because it's the unknown. And so, you know, just whatever that might be, whether it's real estate or business or whatever, um, you know, just go into it committed to to doing it and make it make it a part of who you are and what you do because yep. then it just becomes second nature so that's perfect man that's perfect jumping into the unknown well i appreciate this man if, if people want to connect with you um or just follow what you're doing where where should we send them we'll put that in the show notes here yeah so i am most frequently on Facebook, Devin Hubbard, and you can find me on Instagram at Devin R. Hubbard. And those are probably, you know, the two easiest ways to find me. Perfect. Yeah. And if you're, if you're in Utah and need to buy or sell a house, then hit Devin up, right? I appreciate it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much, man. It's been an awesome conversation. It was, I was excited to hear that the story and all the ongoings behind the scenes. So appreciate that, man. You have a, you had a good rest of your day. Okay. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for listening to the money Maven project podcast. A true Maven shares knowledge with others. So be sure to share this podcast and leave a review. Thanks so much. And until next time, live life with intention.